It offers us a path forward to expand the city's response to the biggest crisis facing us, indeed a crisis that looms as large as COVID itself, the crisis of thousands of our neighbors experiencing homelessness on our streets, a crisis that predated COVID, a crisis made far worse by COVID, and a crisis that will reign with us after COVID unless we take bold action. That's Councilmember Andrew J. Lewis there talking about some new shelter investments to deal with our homelessness crisis, specifically during the COVID pandemic here in Seattle. What is happening there? How's the city spending? The federal COVID relief dollars that are coming in? We are tackling those questions and a whole lot more this week on Seattle News, Views and Brews, your Coffee Break political podcast. I'm Brian Callanan, a host on Seattle Channel, and the views expressed here are my own. And if you ever wondered what negative B plus or minus the square root of B squared minus 4AC over 2A really is, I know the guy who knows the answer. It's my co-host, Kevin Schofield of Seattle City Council Insight. Hello to you, sir. Hey, you know, what can I say? He's all about the math. I'm I'm well-rooted in math. so It's a good thing to know. We're going to have some fun with math later on in the show. Can't wait for that. A big thanks to City Grind Espresso, our background noise sponsor for the audio podcast. Please do support them, other small businesses. Thanks also to our patrons on Patreon. Catherine bumped up her pledge to $10 this week. Thanks a million, Catherine. We are sending her a Seattle News Views and Brews coffee mug here. Make sure you get your own. If you want one, support us on Patreon, why don't you? We're asking people to consider the $10 level and above. <laughs> nice nice work there. You could be a hand model, Kevin. I know it. Uh, if you want one, you can do that on Patreon there. Uh, we really do appreciate that. And our mugshot of the week, we've had some doozies recently. This one, a little bit more of a, a stately move. Charlotte sending in a photo of her her tea counter at home. Very beautiful work there. Thank you for sending that in. Thank you also for your support. So please do be a patron on Patreon. Get a mug. We'll get that mug shot on the show. And finally, a thanks to Converge Media, which runs the video version of our podcast on their YouTube channel Wednesday nights at 7. Happy anniversary to the Morning Update Show. Awesome work there. Way to go, Trey and Omari. Keep up the good work. Let's get things started with right here, right now. Well, the fourth week of March is upon us. A lot on the council's plate this week. Let's start with a new ordinance to appropriate $12 million for additional non-congregate housing, shelter for homeless people, money that would be reimbursed by FEMA. You heard Councilmember Lewis talking about this at the top of the show. Councilmember Lewis and Councilmember Mosqueda sponsored this. And Kevin, there was a lot of debate at City Hall over whether these services could even be reimbursed by FEMA. What was going on here? Yeah, it started as this... Mis, uh, you can see it's a misunderstanding, probably more of a miscommunication simply between city council and the mayor's office about this question of what homeless services and, and homeless shelter they provide mm-hmm. would potentially be uh, uh, reimbursable by FEMA. And you know, yeah. word had sort of spread through different circles that it was going to be 100% reimbursable. Like, so, hey, let's go crazy and do all sorts of things and uh you know because we can do whatever we want and fema's going to pay for it all right and and the mayor's office tried to inject a little reality and they mm. were probably a little too conservative so I went back and forth you know at the end of the day where they seem to have ended up now when they actually sat down with fema officials right and is, talked to them yes know, go figure yeah is they you know fema will reimburse some things mm-hmm. um they will specifically reimburse homeless shelter non-congregate homeless shelter yes for 
people who are homeless who are at higher risk of getting yes. COVID. So not Older just anybody, people, but people with other comorbidities, um, as they put it. Yeah. Now, now they don't advance money. So the city mm-hmm. actually has to pay for it right. first and then ask right. for reimbursement. Yep. City has to get pre-approval from FEMA first. Yes. By the way, they probably are not going to pay for all the services that we like to wrap around this to make right. sure that people kind of right. move on to the, you know, get them ready to move on to permanent housing and get mm-hmm. out of homelessness. So yep. they're not going to get 100%. 100% but you know there is a possibility here. So what? So what? Councilmember Lewis is pushing forward here is a twelve million dollar ordinance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, an allocation so they can you know ramp up some more homeless shelters specifically for these people who right. are high risk of COVID mm-hmm. and are out on the streets today. Yeah. Um, that you know we can we can go through and ask for uh, you know pre approval with with FEMA yep. and hopefully they'll get most of the money back. Yeah. Right. And so $12 million, the council appropriates it, and then the mayor has to spend it. It really seemed to me that there might have been a push more towards this idea of hotel rooms. Did you get that feel from reading through the legislation there, Kevin? Because I know that's yeah. been a big issue. The Just Care program for King County has been doing that work. But what do you think about the hotel rooms piece of this? Yeah, so that is one form of non-congregate shelter right. that right. the city's using. Tiny home villages they, they could be really, another part. Yeah, yeah, that's and those are really the two main ones. Right? Tiny yeah. home villages, which take a little while to get going, and right. hotels, which they can do essentially do right, right now. Yeah, right. yeah. And and so there's a big push to do to do hotels. Uh, you know, it, it is expensive, right? Yeah. So it's, right. it's so the twelve million dollars doesn't go as far or mm-hmm. as long as uh, you know as they'd like to do that. But yeah. you know, with FEMA reimbursing it, it, it seems like a pretty good thing to do. Right, right. And it's not one of these deals where it's a, a continuing expense. This is a one-time shot here, and we'll see where these programs go in the future. But l- let me keep going down this path with you, Kevin. When it comes to spending federal relief dollars from the American Rescue Plan, which was approved back on March 11th, the city is also passing a resolution this week to maximize future, future federal funding. Easy for me to say. So, Kevin, we're talking about $239 million coming into the city of Seattle Half of that coming in this year in direct aid, as I understand it. What's the council going to spend this on? Yeah, so um, the, this they're passing a resolution this week, which is yep. kind of a not legally binding thing. Right, right, that right. Says uh, you know here are our priorities for how to spend all this money that's coming in, and you know there's part of it for COVID response, there's part of it for housing and for homelessness. Um, you know, a number. It, 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 there's actually when you look through it, there isn't a ton new in that. It's, right. It's largely the progressive agenda that the city sure. council has anyway. Prioritizing and, uh, BIPOC people, Latinx people. I know that trying to help them out. All, yep. all, all the stuff we've heard them yep. say before. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, the nice part is one of the things that got into this American Recovery Act bill was that some portion of the money the city can use to replace revenues that yes. they lost because mm-hmm. of the economic downturn. And that right. gives them a lot of flexibility on how exactly they want to spend this money. Right. 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 So, so again, this is a resolution. It's not binding. It's probably more than anything else uh, a signal to the mayor's office yes. as to what they should propose. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when they send over spending bills uh, right. for, the, right. for this money. Yeah. But you know, the city council, the big arguments are still to come. Right. Mm-hmm. As the spending bills one by one come through for right. portions of this money. Mm-hmm. The city council is going to argue and, you know, haggle back and forth about how much to spend on this and how much to spend on that. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, each, each city council members, you know, pet projects will, will, will get in there for, for some amount of it. 
Yeah, I know that. And we'll see what the mayor has to say, too. I know one of the uh, sublines here was the possibility of providing premium pay for employees of the city or other eligible employers who perform essential work. So I'm, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on that one in, in terms of what the mayor is going to come up with on that on that score. I, I did want to touch on one last issue before we get to our next segment here. Seattle City Light is working on a rate hike. Nothing this year, but about 3.9% uh, for next year. Nothing new this year, I should say. It, it seems really simple on the exterior, but there's a ton of complexity to this, Kevin. And you went into this on Seattle City Council Insight. People are conserving more energy. There are more altern- alternate sources coming online, like wind and solar and things like that. And we had a big drop in usage last year, specifically from the industrial sector. What's going from on? The commercial this se- from the commercial sector. A commercial right. centers. Where because everybody's, yeah. for, everybody's working from home. All those, yes, all right, those, right. You know, tall office towers downtown were mostly shut down. Everybody's yeah. working from. So there was, there was a rise in electric bills for homes, but there was a big drop for commercial. And commercial is 59% of the revenues. Right. For okay. The, for, for Seattle City Light. So they, they lost a lot of revenues. So what they did was that they took a good hard look at it last year and they said, you know, we can't raise rates in the middle of a pandemic and economic downturn. That's just the wrong thing to do. So they found a way to cut about $30 million of, of one-time expenses and they kept rates flat. And, and so at the beginning of this year, they were supposed to do about a 4% increase too. Right. And they, they, they didn't do that either, but there, there's a limit to how long they can do this. And they're starting to get themselves a pretty deep hole to do I this. I see. But what's happening is that um, there's a surcharge that's been on our bills mm-hmm. that's about to come off. Okay. You know, I could spend five minutes explaining what the surcharge is all about, but it's about to, it's literally like next month going to come off our bill. Okay. Okay. And it's, and it's about 3%. Hmm. So what Seattle City Light has said is, okay, we're going to do a 3% increase, rate increase next month. Yes. Okay. That will offset this 3% surcharge. So nobody okay. will see any changes in their bills. Okay. Okay. Nobody's bill has to go up, but we'll have a little bit more rate revenue that we mm-hmm. can use to cover things. Okay. And then next year, the beginning of next year, we're scheduled to do a 3.9% increase and we're yes. going to do that. But as it turns out, they buy a lot of their, their power from Bonneville Power Administration, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. otherwise known as BPA. BPA, right. And BPA, everybody expects that they're going to lower their rates by about 1.5% mm-hmm. mm-hmm. starting next year. Yeah. So so that is going to offset 1, 1.5% of the 3.9% increase. So it looks like the net increase next year is going to be about 2.4%. Wow. I, I just so looking math. at... Yeah, no, there, there's a sorry. ton of math, and we've got a lot more fun math ahead here. More folks, math, but yeah. yeah lo- looking at this, Kevin, I I was interested to see just this whole d- idea of forecasting who's going to use power when. This is such a, a volatile game here. Certainly was the case during COVID, but trying to look yeah. ahead as the council is yeah. doing, not just next year, but ten years, twenty years down the line. I think about the fact that the council is now calling for no natural gas to be going into multifamily buildings that are built here in the future as more things get electrified as it were within the yep. city here i wonder how that's going to affect demand yeah and that you know they they have uh, you know a, a plan going out to 2040 right? yeah for sort of and wow. the farther you go out the less accurate it is of course yeah but, but they they basically have two lines in that plan one is what happens if we don't do a major electrification of buildings and transportation and what happens if we do and there's about a 10% difference in the revenues between those two. Wow, that's uh, that's uh, that's, that's pretty, pretty stark. Big. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's big, a big yeah. number. And I know we're going to have some more information from the council on this. A final vote on these rate hikes is actually set for March 29th. Let's keep rolling with Now Hear This. So a funny thing happened on the way to the city council approving free legal counsel for tenants involved in eviction cases. 
Mayor Durkin decided to extend the eviction moratorium to June 30th. This was just before the council might have moved this issue up for a vote to the full council here. So the council has now decided to delay its decision on this until later in the month. And council member Sawant, one of the sponsors of this bill, is not happy about it. Let's listen. If today progressive Democrats on the city council are saying they don't intend to put in bad loopholes, they just want some clarification, fine, let's hold them to it. And it is important that movement activists understand from what's happening today that we need to fight even harder. We cannot trust the rhetoric of politicians. We have to fight for what we need. Yeah, remember that time that Councilmember Swamp was upset about something? Well, guess what? It happened again there. Well, uh, Councilmember Peterson was the one who brought up the idea of delaying the vote on this. Uh, Before we get into what it means to extend the eviction moratorium, I want to consider this delay on the free legal counsel piece. What amendments do you see coming back on this bill, Kevin? Yeah, so the the biggest question, and and the council members are are being a little cagey about this Mm. because they're trying to maintain their attorney-client privilege. Yeah. They're talking with the the city city attorneys, and the city attorneys have apparently raised some legal concerns about this. And the biggest ones seem to be around what's called gifts to public funds. The Washington State Constitution uh, prohibits uh, state and local government from giving public resources and public funds right. away mm-hmm. other than in support of the poor, literally poor and infirm. Yeah. Poor and right. Infirm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in this case, the, the legal question is, you know, there's, there's no question they can provide legal services right. to, to poor tenants. Sure. Right. Who are being evicted, mm-hmm. but they can mm-hmm. do it for, can they do it for ones who aren't poor? Right. right. And because the idea is that this would apply to anybody. You wouldn't right. have to yep. have some sort of income verification or anything like that. Councilmember Swant has written this to be a, a right to legal counsel for everyone yes. facing eviction. Yes. Right? Yeah. And so and so there's this question of is that a, 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 a an unconstitutional gift to public funds? Mm-hmm. So they're having that debate in the back. Yeah. Um, and so um, an amendment you may see, we may see in this, yeah. is one that specifically sort of limits it to put some kind of income limit in it. Yeah. The problem with that is, it, 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 the, you know, the, the term that gets bandied around for, the, for that is called means testing. Yes, of course. The problem with means testing is it, it, it creates barriers for the mm-hmm. people that we want to access it because they have to provide the right documentation. Yeah, yeah. You know, and in some cases, the means testing is taken care of by you know self-certification. Yeah, I will they say just, also- like, Signing something saying, you know, I make less than this amount. But there are other cases where, you know, poor people basically have to document mm-hmm. that they're poor. Right. And the other side of this, too, it actually costs money to measure money. I, I talked with Councilmember Lewis about this specifically because he's one of the co-sponsors on here. And his uh, question about this was, OK, we're going to have to hire some sort of full-time employee to look at this. You know, there's some money right there. We're going to have to get some new software to figure out this income vetting and how we do that. He's talking about costs that could be upwards of a half million dollars just to do that. So it, it it does cost some money here, too. And I think all these factors kind of come into play here. He's concerned about that expenditure and looking at other cities who do this around the country and saying, well, they can do it. Why can't we? Your thoughts on that? Yeah. So uh, it, it, there, are, there are cities that do this on a, on a small level. And, you know, San Francisco does this. And San Francisco's experience is coming back to this, this income yeah. check thing. Their experience is 85% of the people who use it mm-hmm. are the people that we would want to be using it, the ones who are really yeah. poor. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. so, you know, to the, to answer the question of in these sorts of systems are, are, are you know, well-off people, people have the financial resources to hire their own mm-hmm. attorney taking advantage of this. And mostly yeah. the answer is no. 
Yeah, yeah. But but you know, but but that that you know, even if even if the answer is no, that doesn't make it less unconstitutional. Right, right. right. That's going to be a test. So, yeah. If one person who shouldn't uses it. That's it's right. Unconstitutional. That's right. That's right. And I also should point out, uh, Councilmember Lewis. He talked about this on the Council Edition show that's on Seattle Channel right now. So I want to make sure you check it out there, folks. A good show this month. They always are. But uh, Councilmember Lewis also mentioned that a vast majority of these cases, these eviction cases in New York. The eviction was overturned in court, so he was concerned about that, saying, maybe we need to do this. Maybe more of these cases are a situation where these council, uh, these uh, tenants actually need some counsel. So we're going to stay tuned for what's next on this bill. But I wanted to talk about the eviction moratorium being extended through June at the city level and now the state level, too. I, were you surprised at all to see that, Kevin? I, I think we saw that coming, probably. I was not surprised to see it. It, there is sort of this looming question mm. you know, because there have been legal challenges to the eviction moratoriums. Yeah. Uh, that, and, and part of the reason they've, they've survived is because they've been temporary measures. Right. But they've been in place for a long time. Now, yeah. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. And well over a year now. Right. Right. With, with this council member Sawant saying, put it through extension. the end of 2021. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, the city council has passed something and says, yep. you know, it extend, at least some of the protections extend for six months after the, the, the pandemic Declared into the emergency. Is, is, yeah. Yeah. Is, is, is lifted. So it's not going to go away. You know, yeah. now it's effectively to the end of the year anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, at some point, does the financial burden upon landlords get mm-hmm. to even large landlords get to be sure. so huge from this? Yes, that the courts have to say, uh, okay, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the landlords have a point now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, and I don't know if we reach that. And I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know, the courts have been incredibly deferential yeah. to governments. Yeah, in, in this situation, in, in mm-hmm. using their powers to manage the the COVID emergency. Right, right. So, Is it a situation where you think? Maybe some of these new federal dollars that are coming into the city, maybe that's an answer. There's some more direct rent relief that could help tenants, could help yeah. landlords potentially here too. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the, the, they certainly rent assistance is a high priority for the city council yeah. in using these federal dollars. And they've mm-hmm. already been putting a lot into that. At, yeah. And the state has been putting some into that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also mortgage assistance for, right. for smaller landlords right, 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 to help them as well. Yeah, so there, there's there's still a lot ahead on that. We're covering that story on Seattle Channel too. So uh, keep keep an eye out for that one. But I did want to uh, catch up on a couple more court cases, if we could, Kevin. Uh, no news on the council members who want recall decision from the state supreme court yet. Just dragging their feet on that one. But it took only about 15 minutes for a U.S. district court judge to make the call to uphold Seattle's new hazard pay ordinance, that four dollars per hour pay boost for grocery workers. Kevin, you reported on this on SEC Insight. What happened there? What's next? It sounds like maybe a, a trip to the court of the court of appeals at this point. Oh, already uh, they they uh, have already filed their appeal. I see. Uh, they, okay, they filed it. They filed it the next day. They filed mm-hmm. it on Friday. Oh wow! So okay. uh, uh, they they wasted no time in appealing it. I so see. Uh, yeah, the judge, you know, clearly the, he did oral arguments on 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 Thursday last yes. week. It was clear that he had already written, you know, written his made decision. up his mind. Yeah end of it he's like you'll hear from me shortly 15 minutes later boom it was yeah. out the door um and he, he basically agreed with the city on pretty much everything yeah and um and it, his ruling was very similar to one in a long beach california case yes that was, right that was uh ruled on at the beginning of this month mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and so now and that has also been appealed i see so so they're both up at the ninth circuit now it wouldn't surprise okay. me if the ninth circuit just combines them together because there's they're essentially all the same issues yeah and, combo and, platter and there yep. there's yeah. there's enough room 
you know, in their, you know, at some level, the district court judges are constrained by previous rulings by the Ninth Circuit okay. Court of Appeals and by okay. the U.S. Supreme Court. Okay. And so the Ninth Circuit may, you know, reinterpret some of its earlier rulings and mm. say this is this is you know different in some ways about okay this. okay uh you know we'll just it, so yeah. it's gonna be hard to predict what the what yeah. the ninth circuit does with this well funny funny you should mention the ninth circuit court of appeals uh, appeals because that court week, just yeah. uphold the the ordinance from seattle requiring hotel employers to pay for their employees health care here so uh, that one went relatively quickly too a three-week turnaround i know you wrote about this in in the, sec inside too and, yeah and so you know I really hate to say this about the Ninth Circuit, <laughs> but I, they phoned this one out. Oh, right? oh, they, oh they, boy. Their ruling was four pages. Yeah. Like, just yeah. four pages. Moving on. And, yeah. And, and Well, they based um, it on a past case, too, it sounded like, from San Francisco, they, they, saying we already for, ruled on a past case from San Francisco yeah. where there were clear differences mm. with, 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 with this case. Yeah. Uh, mm. And they basically just ignored all that. <laughs> and so I, I expect that uh, the uh, – the hotels are going to, and this this case was about uh, hotels being required to provide to pay a certain minimum amount of health care yes. for for their hotel employees. That's right. Yeah, I, I expect the hotels are going to ask the full Ninth Circuit to weigh in on this. Right, and they could weigh they could weigh very differently. I, I mean, it really does. This one does does look a little weird. Like I said, it kind of looks like this three judge panel um, mm-hmm. phoned it in. Okay. And again, I don't like saying that. I'm probably going to get nasty emails from people about That's that. Right. Well, watch out. But, watch but out. they did not. They turned around super quickly and it was yeah. four pages. But I look at it and I don't think it was nearly as obvious as they did. And mm. they kind of, they skirted over, uh, 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 they hand-waved a whole bunch of issues. In this, I see. In this, uh, okay. Four page All right. So. Can't, can't sneak one past Kevin. We'll see what they do on that one. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not a law- <laughs> I'm not even a lawyer, let alone a judge. So they can sneak whatever the heck they want. They could try. They could try. They could try. Let's move on to our final segment here. What's next? Plenty of fun election news over the past week. Bruce Harrell, former council member, interim mayor, he's running for mayor. Jessen Farrell, former state rep, she's been a candidate before. She's going to run now, too. Some high-profile high names, I should say, now on that 15-person list of candidates for mayor. Wow, there's a lot. But here on Seattle News, Views, and Brews, we bring you the story behind the story. And Kevin, you did some research, my friend, when we're talking about the redistricting process for the council, how it's going to shake out. That process for joining the districting commission is underway. Kevin, your article is going to be required reading on this. So we're talking about a challenge here. Some of the city's districts are growing, some are (laughs) shrinking, but the law says all seven districts need to be close in size. The difference no bigger than 1% of the total city population. So we're talking about a shakeup, it sounds like, Kevin, for just about every district in the city. Yes, it's uh, plus or minus about 3,700. And, uh, you know, the largest, so they're all going to have to be like the average size, about 106,000 right now. Yeah. If they, if we, if we, if we had to do, you know, across the seven districts, the current population we think they have right now, about a, about a hundred six hundred seven thousand. So add about add or subtract about thirty seven hundred, and that's the range they all have to be within. District seven right now is one hundred twenty three thousand. Wow, that's right? that's downtown. District, we're talking. Yeah. District five is about ninety eight thousand. Hmm. Right. So there are the north side. Okay. Yeah. So district four is the only one that's actually within the acceptable range. Okay. Right? Okay. There. Uh, uh, Three and seven need to shrink a bunch. Yes, yes. And the other four 
need to grow. Okay, okay, okay. But, but the rules are complicated. Yeah. Right? A district has to be contiguous. You can't have mm-hmm. just add like little blocks somewhere else in the city. Right. And um, the the boundaries pretty much have to be either the existing boundaries right. or like um, existing waterways sure. or boundaries of neighborhoods. Sure. Or things. So I-5, things just, of that nature, yeah. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I-5. So you just can't yeah. have arbitrary boundaries. So right, right, like, right. If you start moving the boundaries, mm-hmm. it, it gets to be it gets to be a little complicated. So I think right. there's going to be a little bit of a tile shuffling game going on yeah. as he moves. Like District 1 has to grow, mm-hmm. but the only other district it touches is District 2. Right, which right down there on the south grow, side. Yeah, which also has to grow. Right, right, right. right. So, so to fix a problem for District One, you're going to make District Two, District Two's problem even worse. That's so. It, right? it, and it's interesting too. I, one more little tidbit that I thought was fascinating here: the districting commission, can, the redistricting commission, cannot look at where different council members live. It could be a situation where we got to redraw this boundary, but oops, that council member doesn't live there anymore. I, I thought that was a fascinating twist on this. Yep. Yeah. And you know, it's not just where those, where those, and you know, that's the kind of thing that happens all the time. Right? Yeah. Redistricting commissions um, traditionally try to do redistricting. So to, to, you know, because they're often very partisan redistricting commissions, yeah. they'll do them uh, to preserve districts for, for incumbents. Yeah. Right. right. That's and so this rule really prevents that. That's they right. Do that. That's right. That's right. I, the first, I guess, real test of this system, the first time we've redistricted, of course, yeah. we put this in place in yeah. 2013. So uh, fascinating to see this and this commission taking applications to be part of it uh, through the end of March. So make sure you get in your application there. So March 29th, March 29th. Let's do it. Uh, we always try to finish up our show with a taste of some of the good things to have mm-hmm. with your coffee break. And Kevin, you got anything cooking there? What do you got? I I didn't bake anything this week. Okay. But I did. You're digesting something, it I looks like. I did go to a Mighty O'Donnell. Oh, so that's the fritter. That's the fritter it, I dream it's about. It's the fritter. It, you know, it's, it, it has been just taunting me as we've been recording <laughs> this. Like, my whole my whole office here just smells like fritter. It smells uh, so good. It's been yeah. driving me crazy yeah. for the last 20 <laughs> minutes we've been recording this. Coffee and donuts, it just makes sense. Well, I have brought in uh, with me the last piece of Irish soda bread uh, in my house. And this is just a chunk of it. I've been hoarding it uh, since St. Patrick's Day. This was from my <laughs> this is from my grandmother Callanan's recipe. May she may she rest in peace. Uh, but it was a great recipe with the caraway seeds and the baking soda, of course. That's a big part of the bread. And then the one instruction that I never really completely understood was bake it for God knows how long. Like she didn't even put a time <laughs> on the thing. <laughs> and I've looked at some of these recipes, like some are a half hour, some are an hour. What's with this with the Irish soda bread? This thing is a, a fickle recipe. I, I don't know quite how else how to put it. It's it's great stuff, but why? It's Irish. For, yeah, <laughs> it's Irish. Go figure. And you know, I can say that because my name is Kevin, and I'm like, I, you know, there's right. so much Irish. Irish oh, Callanan, you, you you got it's me Irish. covered too, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's good stuff, though. I know that. All right. Will you enjoy your donut? I will enjoy some Irish soda bread. And thank you once again, sir, for being a part of this show. Thank you. All righty. Uh, thanks also to all of our patrons, too. Please do support us on Patreon at $10 a month, if you can, to get your very own Seattle News, Views, and Brews coffee mug there. And thanks, everybody, for listening to Seattle News, Views, and Brews, where you can always find out what's brewing in local politics. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen. And again, please do support us on Patreon. If you like what you're hearing, we need your help to keep this podcast rolling. Thanks also for watching on Converge Media 2. Happy anniversary to the Morning Update show. We will see you all next time. 
Seattle News, Views, and Brews is an independent production of Callanan Media Services. Copyright 2021.